Hello and welcome to this fifth edition of LA Chamber Orchestra's podcast, Beyond the Score. On today's podcast, we'll be discussing our upcoming orchestral performance, Tetzloff Plays Beethoven. I'm your host, LACO librarian Serge Liberovsky. Joining me today are... Coleman Richardson. Marika Suzuki. And Stephanie Yoon. To kick off this podcast, we have a nice bit of news to share with you. Coleman, would you would you tell our listeners? Yes, we met our matching grant challenge. Thanks to what I'm assuming are all of you uh, listening. Uh, we, we met our end of calendar year uh, challenge for $125,000. We're very happy we couldn't have done it without everybody's support. Um, you're always welcome to donate to LACO anytime at laco.org slash donate. But uh, thank you so much. It's really exciting. Um, this is a really great way to end 2019 and start 2020. Thanks. In the second weekend of February, we'll be bringing you a program of Albert Schnelzer's Burn My Letters, which will be the, the U.S. premiere, Beethoven's Violin Concerto, Opus 61, and Dvorak's Symphony No. 6, Opus 60. In addition to the regular Saturday and Sunday performances, we will also have a performance on Friday, February 7th at 8 p.m. at the Soraya, which is on the campus of Cal State Northridge. You can purchase tickets directly from the Soraya for that performance, and we hope to see you there. And Sunday's performance will be a matinee concert at 2 p.m. instead of 7 p.m. That way, you can watch the Oscars after the concert. Also, uh, the other exciting thing about our Sunday concert is the parking structure number five is open again after two and a half years of not being open. We are all very happy about this, and we assume that the folks that come to Royce Hall will be happy to. I thought it would never happen. I really, I honestly, I'm so relieved. It's so good. We kick off the program with the U.S. premiere of Albert Schnelzer's Burn My Letters, which is inspired by the life of Clara Schumann. Albert, this is not the first time that we will be performing one of Albert's work as as, uh, he joined us. In 2016, we performed... uh, A Freak in Burbank. Which... It's what my family calls me. (laughs) (laughs) Now, yeah, we in in 2000. What is wrong? 16. In in 2016, we uh, at my second Laco concert, we performed a freaking Burbank, which was uh, inspired by Tim Burton movies. It was really cool. Under Uh, the direction of Thomas Dowsgarden. Yeah, yeah. Uh, It was a really nice, um, accessible. Piece, and I'm looking forward to hearing this one. I've heard pretty good things. It's been performed in Ireland and Sweden already and pretty well received there. That was fun last time having Albert with us. He had never been to Los Angeles before, oh, yeah. so he, he came to see Burbank and to hear us play his uh, freaking cool. Burbank. Yeah. Marika and Stephanie, can you tell us a little bit about the Beethoven Concerto and Christian Tetzloff? Our soloist for the Beethoven Violin Concerto is Christian Tetzloff who is a German violinist, and this will be his first time performing with Leiko. And he actually released an album last year with the Beethoven Violin Concerto. So Marika, as a violinist, what do you think of this piece? I personally love this piece because it's both physically challenging because it's the longest violin concerto that's ever been written, and, and it's also extremely musically challenging because of its simplicity. So this concerto was written in 1806, and it only took Beethoven a month to write. 
And it was written for his colleague, Franz Clements, who was a violinist. And Beethoven had not finished the piece until two days before the concert. So Clements was actually basically sight reading the piece, which is really hard to imagine because it's so difficult. And it was well received by the audience, but critics didn't really buy it. So it wasn't until much later when the child prodigy, Yosef Joachim, he sort of, I would say, re-premiered the piece because it was really, because that was really when the, the concerto became, the concerto was recognized as like a standard part of the violin repertoire. And he was only 13 years old. And Felix Mendelssohn was conducting with the Royal Philharmonic. And in his three periods of composing, the Beethoven Violin Concerto falls right in the middle, just two years before he wrote the Pastoral Symphony. And you can sort of hear how that symphony has characteristics similar to the style of the Violin Concerto. Was it common for concerti to be performed memorized in those days? I do not know if it was premiered memorized. Actually, it was I mean, not I, because I, he was yeah. sight reading, obviously. Mm -hmm. But I do know when Joachim, yeah, when he performed it, he did it memorized, and people were just blown away that a preteen could perform such a difficult piece so exceptionally. And yeah, it's amazing. It's really difficult to memorize as well. And unlike the later violin concertos in the Romantic era, the violinists often wrote their own cadenzas in this period. And so for this instant, Beethoven did not write a cadenza for the violin concerto, but he did write cadenzas in the version that he wrote for piano. So he transcribed the violin concerto for the piano. Since Beethoven did not write a cadenza for his violin concerto, there are, I wanna say more than 20 versions of a cadenza written by famous violinists and composers. Um, like Fritz Kreisler, which is one of the most popular cadenzas that violinists play. There's Leopold Auer, Joshua Bell, uh, Vinyaski, etc. There's a whole list to go off of. And I was listening to Tetzloff's most recent recording of the album, which Stephanie mentioned, um, that was released last year, and I did not recognize the cadenza. So I sort of looked into it and I found out that he transcribed the violin concerto that was written for piano that Beethoven wrote a cadenza for and he made it his own. And his reason for that, he felt that Beethoven's ideas in it were the most true to the classical form of the work, which you would expect because Beethoven wrote himself. He preferred it over the overly romanticized cadenzas like Chrysler and Leopold Auer. Check this out. We're closing up the concert with something you don't hear very often in chamber orchestra concerts, a Dvorak symphony, number six. Coleman, didn't you go to the Czech Republic? Dvorak is Czech, and yes. Uh, I, I lived in the Czech Republic for a year. I, I never talk about it. Don't ask about it. It's fine. Uh, it's only my favorite uh, place I've ever lived. Um, but yeah, uh, I'm a big Dvorak fan. I was before then. Um, I've been to his grave, all that, uh, which is a weird thing to bring up, but it's me. Um, yeah, uh, I'm pretty excited. Uh, Jaime is pretty excited to be doing a Dvorak symphony with our orchestra. Um, he 
usually gets a pretty full sound out of them, and uh, this will be a test for that. Um, I'm looking forward to it. One of the things that Dvorak is pretty well known for is taking the music of Eastern Europe and, and bringing it to the Western uh, classical audience. And this is one of the first uh, symphonies where he really showcases that. But like his Slavonic dances and, and some of his other, yeah, uh, some of his other stuff, um, he, he's just a really interesting guy. And Bohemia rarely gets showcased as well as it does with, uh, with Dvorak. So Hans Richter, who was the conductor of the Vienna Philharmonic Orchestra, asked Dvorak to write a symphony, and that was in 1880. And he was originally going to conduct the premiere of the piece, but because of some I think personal reasons he wasn't able to and so the premiere actually was in 1882 in Prague under Adolf Czech. Dvorak was also the music director of the Czech Philharmonic and there is a statue of him in front of the Rudolfinium which is the building that they perform in in Prague. Have you seen it? Oh my god so many times there was it's right next to a bridge. On our next episode We'll be bringing you a preview of our 2020-2021 season coming up next fall, as well as, and we'll also have a special guest. To purchase tickets to this and other concerts in our season, go to waco.org or call 213-622-7001, extension 1. From all of us here at Los Angeles Chamber Orchestra, we look forward to seeing you in the concert hall. Thank you for joining us today. Mm-hmm.